0: Rory Rolls, a two-time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. Realizing that
1: oh. Davison had to get to his pit box. Very, very lucky for those crew guys. About-
0: <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Matt is here. We are going to discuss what was actually a pretty intriguing race in France and some news and whatnot, but... In recent memory, Matt, is this the most interesting French Grand Prix that you can remember?
1: Yeah, it's about as interesting as a race in a parking lot could be. Yeah, that's the way I put it. don't know if that's correct or politically correct, but <laughs> they had some intrigue. I wouldn't call it the greatest race ever, but it definitely was captivating, so that was cool, and... I was kind of happy to see the wheels fall off a Mercedes again because that's always fun. So yeah, I don't know where you want to begin. Let's like we could just start with the tire strat. So obviously Valtteri Bottas was very adamant on the radio that a two-stopper was the way to go and kind of had a, a little brother kind of deal. No one's listening to me. <laughs> and the Red Bull really out-strategized Mercedes and took a good chunk of points away again. So we've seen Mercedes do the two-stop when Red Bull did a one-stop. I think there was a race earlier this year they did that, maybe Spain? Yeah. So what did you make of the strategy called by Mercedes?
0: Well, it was bold. It was, it was, yeah. I don't know how, with everything that was being said all weekend, and I feel like this was, in both in IndyCar and F1, was tires were falling off quicker than anybody expected. So why the one-stop clearly wasn't going to work. Pretty much everybody said that about 10 laps into their stint. and Lewis was going, I don't know if this is the right call. So it's not often you see Mercedes outsmarted because they're the ones usually pulling these strategy games off. But they, I mean, listen, they plain and simple got outsmarted this weekend.
1: Which we love to see, right?
0: Oh, I mean you're not I'm not complaining about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean I was well, I was trying to watch it on my phone, just following along and uh I think when Verstappen pitted to for his final stint there was kind of like this overwhelming like uh like I think Red Bull got this wrong and then it it he almost didn't make it. I mean he he passed him a two laps to go. It wasn't exactly you know, clear cut. But you know, at the end of the day they still got the right strategy call. So Yeah. And then obviously very big championship implications because his lead has now grown to twelve points, which if the the pattern continues of the Hamilton and Verstappen getting first and second every race, that means he's got a one point or one race buffer now, which is nice. So obviously we still have a long season to go though.
0: Yeah, and you're you know, listen. You weren't the only one who was going, I don't know what they were doing with the tire call here. I think Team Pet Lane member Stephen King said, Red Bull has thrown this away from Max. I wanted to tag like that freezing cold takes account and send it to Stephen just to just to give him a little friendly ribbing, but obviously Sunday was a little busy, and I didn't get around to that. But that this is my way of doing that now.
1: Yes, and then... <laughs> Well, I don't even know where to go next. I mean, was there anything else that was super intriguing about the race other than Verstappen versus Hamilton and Botas' radio message?
0: Yeah, listen, again, it's France. There's not too much you can say because it is one of the, I th- I think, the most boring track maybe outside of Monaco on, on the calendar. There's just not much happening there. But let's see what we can dig up. And nope, not much. What do you think no, of? I'm,
1: I'm looking right now. I mean, someone on Motorsport is arguing that France could learn a little bit from Road America, which I think any human with a brain could tell you. Yes. As why don't if, Why don't you explain what the the they mean? That Paul Ricard belongs in the same sentence as Road America, as if it's earned the right. is kind of infuriating.
0: Yeah. So what the article said for those wondering, because I thought it was a very Well written article is. Well, I'm going to summarize it in a couple sentences here, and I know Matt agrees. Is you know, road America has gravel and sand and grass, so you really can't afford to go off. And there's only two spots where they've got some rumble strips that you can battle on, and obviously we saw saw former F1 driver Roman Grosjean battling pretty hard there a couple times, but. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you needed a place like this. These blue and yellow stripes, <laughs> while they quote unquote slow down the car to a degree, it's not like really penalizing you. It's you know, as we saw for Stappen in lap one. Let's say that's a little bit of gravel there. That might have changed his whole race. He might have gotten stuck and you know brought out a caution and restarted in twentieth, and then he would have. Been stuck behind Mazepin and Williams all day. So, yeah, I would love to see a little bit more gravel traps kind of right next to the track, circa Road America.
1: Yeah, Road America was obviously a brilliant race, and we discussed that on our IndyCar episode if you want to check that out. So, yeah, there was some, you know, curves that they may or may not have put in this weekend, but they just decided not to. Um there's only there's only so much you can do to fix it. But speaking of fixing things, and it's not like it's fixed, but there is an attempt. We'll say the Yas Marina Circuit has undergone a track layout change for the Formula One race. So if you can picture in your head, at the end of the first sector, there's a left-right chicane followed by a 180-degree hairpin that takes you down that long straight. So that hairpin is gone, and that sh- the what. Yeah, and the chicane is gone. Yeah. And now it is just kind of one flowy turn that just goes from sector one into that long straight. And then there's also the ridiculously stupid triple turn, like the right-left. No, left-right-left. Anyway, and it goes next to the harbor. That's done away with two, and it's another 180-degree turn that's long and fast. That leads kind of into the area that goes underneath the hotel. So... Looks like feedback has been taken after the monstrosity of races we've seen at that track for years. Question to you is though, is it gonna help the racing?
0: I'm very skeptical, to be honest. I don't I mean listen, it's it's a start. It's it it looks good on paper, but I I don't know. There's still so many other areas of that track I don't like, so I I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm a, honestly I'm just not that into it. I think it 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 could be decent, but I really am not that hopeful.
1: I think it is better than nothing. The fact that okay. they are okay. trying something is it gonna be an easy fix? No. I think part of the problem too is the cars. That's that's not the tracks' fault that the cars are super you know resistant to dirty air and things like that and it just makes overtaking in general already difficult and then when you throw on a bad track it's just even worse so you know it's not entirely the track's fault same with monaco we used to get some good monaco races back in the day now it's hopeless so it's not all all the track's fault but i do think track plays a big part of it obviously and i think this could potentially help but we'll see i think it depends on some circumstances and whatnot but I appreciate that they are trying to do something about it, and, oh yeah, we never did our predictions.
0: Yeah, sorry, I, that's 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 my fault.
1: No, it's not. I'll okay. take the blame for it. Okay. You took, a, you took a bullet for me, like, every other second in Road America this weekend, so, right up to the point where I told Pat, oh, he's bad at Spanish. Uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see who we have doing good here. I had Norris P5, you had Gasly P7, so high five to both of us. Yep. For bad, I had Raikkonen P17, you had Ocon, P14, high five to both of us. Top 10, I had Ricardo P6, you had Sonoda P13. What's his, what is going on with Sonoda? I'll just, I'll give you the floor on that one.
0: I, <laughs> I don't know if he's lost confidence or he's in his own head, but you hear okay you know he's he's moving to closer to the alpha Towery factory and uh, hey i'm going to be more quiet and respectful on the radio and i don't know if that's taken his kind of fiery edge away but anytime he makes a little mistake now like he spun in was that qualifying or practice i can't remember qualifying. yeah qualifying he started
1: dfl
0: yeah 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 so he kind of Wiggled into the uh, back into the wall there backwards, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. Strangest thing I've ever seen, by
1: the way. I've never seen that in a Formula One car. It's highly One entertaining. Would maybe argue with well, this is tinfoil hat, Matt, coming in here. Yeah, that if you've never seen a car do that and it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, is that rear wing legal or is that just me being? I've never seen I've never seen a race car ever do that, let alone a Formula One car. I've never seen a race car's rear wing jiggle at 50 miles an hour as it backs into a barrier.
0: Yeah, I mean, keep that tinfoil on. I <laughs> I, oh, I don't see, know. Oh, okay, I so, don't know.
1: All right, no, fine, it's okay. I'm just conspiracy. I got my 5G phone, so obviously I yeah. don't believe in every conspiracy. Right.
0: Well, maybe the 5G <laughs> is affecting you.
1: How bad was it at Road America, though? Good God. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, I guess we can save that for a new car. Yeah. I had so much hope, though, but I guess middle of nowhere, Wisconsin is no, no match for cell phone service.
0: I don't know what F1 F1 if F1 media folk have this issue, but they will when they come to, when, when they come to Austin later this year. But every racetrack I've ever gone to, I have terrible cell phone reception, with the exception of Indianapolis and, there's one other one that stood out to me maybe Iowa
1: I would say Iowa I never had a problem with I had a you've never been to Texas no it was pretty good there because it's like in Fort Worth so yeah. not too bad when I'm trying to think of the, like, the F1 equivalent of road America I think Manny is in the middle of nowhere yeah I think you're right which is like the it's hilarious because you re- you watched the first race there I think mansell won it the, you know, like Murray Walker intros it. And he's like, we are quite literally in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) He's like, I don't know why we're doing this here because all the sponsors have to lug everything out here. And it's, it's kind of a shocking that this is working, but look at the crowd. (laughs) It's just, I, I didn't know that Manicor was in the middle of nowhere until Murray Walker said something. So that's kind of funny.
0: Anyway, back to Sonoda. I think he's just lost his confidence, to be honest with you. He doesn't, doesn't look aggressive in the race it just I, I think he just i think he needs the summer break to relax and reset right now because and he's obviously not going to get that with a race this weekend in austria and a race next week. how many week.
1: races are till the summer break
0: oh at least four or five if that's probably the case,
1: stick a fork in his season
0: yeah i'm I, I i know i'm kind of thinking probably too far ahead but he really needs a little bit of R and R to kind of reset because there's something going on that isn't clicking because it's been a while since he's had a good result in qualifying or practice.
1: So just to recap there, everybody, we went from talking about Yuki Sonoda to qualifying to jiggling rear ends to 5g phones to R and R. Yep. We nailed that. All right. And our, finally our Q1 failure predictions, I had well, there was kind of a weird one actually, um, because I had Gio, and he was P thirteen. Stroll. Alonso.
0: Stroll had an issue, so he he didn't make it through. Oh, Stroll didn't get a lap in because of Sonoda's issue. I think I don't think he was ever ever able to get a full lap in.
1: Yeah, because the the eliminated in Q one crowd was Sonoda, uh, Mazepin, and Latifi, and not even Mick stroll Uh stroll that's that's it Mix
0: issue caused oh, Stroll. Right. Yeah, yeah. Was yep, yep,
1: yep. Was, Yuki's was early but Mick yeah. was through to Q2 but a red flag cause which again I, I they're so stubborn that they're not going to change this till the end of the season I know for a fact they're not going to change to the end of the season because that's how it works it was like the uh, the year they introduced the halo there was one camera on the car that was rendered completely useless because the halo blocked, <laughs> like the angled camera, and they wouldn't change it because that was how the specifications were for the car chassis that year. And like changing it would give Haas a micro millisecond advantage over everybody else or some nonsense like that. So,
0: like that would have made a difference,
1: right? But then we get to Australia and Sky Sports is like, here's the new, here's Lewis he takes straight. Oh, you can't see anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, and then you had Fred, who made a uh, Q3.
0: Yep. Thanks, Fred. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he actually finished pretty well. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we kind of went off topic there for a little bit, but we're now back to the French Grand Prix. So who was your driver of the day?
0: Driver of the day. Let's go with, I'll I'll give it to Max Verstappen. I mean, anytime you have to charge from fifth or sixth and was he coming out of the pits twenty four seconds back? I think of Hamilton, and you actually pass Hamilton. That's a that's a pretty damn good race. Even if it was a strategy call, he still had to execute, and he did everything the team needed him to do this weekend.
1: I'm gonna give it to Perez. I think this guy is worth his weight in gold, and I think we're finally starting to see him get super comfortable with the car. You know, it's lap times are not too far off of, of Max nowadays, and and he's doing everything that the team would need him to do. And, and on top of that, I think he's enjoying it. Like, he's not going to be this mentality monster like Botas, or he's not yeah. going to be this sulk monster like Barrichello, or he's just going to be, you know, pissing his pants about every single thing. Like, he, he seems like he's genuinely enjoying it. He had a chance there to race Max, and he decided not to you know, he let Max go when Max was, I don't know the the number, but I'm pretty sure Max was like 1.2 seconds behind him going into sector three and Perez, who was on a different strat, just like straight up pulled over. I don't even think he was asked to pull over, but he pulled over for Max because, you know, Max has got the better chance to win and he's going for a championship. And, and I, I think to do that without being asked to or pleaded to on the radio, it was pretty awesome. I mean, then, you know, Max came on the radio and said it right away, it was like, wow, thanks for that. So, I think the dynamic they have there is so much stronger than what Mercedes has, and I think, you know, if if this dynamic continues, Red Bull is going to be very hard to beat in the constructors because now they have two weapons these up front and a solid connection between the pit box, the drivers, all of it. Yeah. Which is, which is weird because, you know, Verstappen is not the easiest guy to be a teammate with, and everything has been good so far.
0: Yeah, I think... From Sergio Perez's perspective, he's in a great spot because he's got a car that's capable of winning or getting on the podium just about every weekend. And from Red Bull's perspective, they have somebody who knows that Max Verstappen is the number one driver, is the championship leader slash favorite right now, is always going to be Red Bull's number one child. And, he just is willing to embrace it and work for the betterment of the team. And yeah, I I think he was about a second and a half back and all of a sudden Verstappen just like flew by him and there was never a radio message that, at least that was played on. And and I had F1 TV, the in-car camera feed going where they have the radio in real time and or Perez's radio was quiet until after that where they relayed the thank you message. So he might be the perfect teammate and they might be like the perfect long-term teammates obviously that's assuming Perez wants to stay there after this year but if I were him I wouldn't want to go anywhere else I think he's in a great spot where he can not only win constructors championships but make some some good cash and and be part of uh, the next Red Bull legacy
1: for sure Disappointment of the day, I'm just gonna throw it out there and Ferrari. All of it, everything. (laughs) Every single every every single thing about Ferrari's recon was trash other than maybe qualifying. But it's kinda weird because they both came out and said like, you know, this was circled on their schedule as like, oh, this race is gonna be horrendous for us, which I'm not quite sure how one looks at France is like, Yep, that's it for us. We're toast there.
0: So I'm gonna try to explain it. And I could be I could just be trying to side with them just to spite you but apparently <laughs> no <laughs> apparently because of the high speed corners in France it it demands a lot more of the front tires and the Ferrari chassis this year for whatever reason heats up the front tires far too quickly obviously leading to tire deg issues so you saw Leclerc go to a two stop strategy I think even earlier than Verstappen did or right after, and he just plummeted through the field I mean they did have a dismal day your 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 pick is the correct one, but had something to do yeah. with front tire issues.
1: I heard everything you just said, and I just disagree with all of it.
0: that's fair i you know
1: I don't like you bringing science and reasoning into my irrational thing about.
0: to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show.
1: Okay. My paper says that Carlos Sainz lost six positions and Charles Leclerc lost nine (laughs) positions, which means they suck.
0: Okay. Well, I am going to continue on. And I know technically he's low hanging fruit, but I am going to pick, I I am going to single out Nikita Mazepin for the second straight weekend nearly crushing his teammate. I think this time it was at the beginning of the race and not the end of the race, but come on, bro.
1: Do you know why he did that?
0: Because Putin told him to?
1: No, because he sucks.
0: Yes. Okay. Fair point. I think both of our (laughs) answers were probably accurate, inaccurate and accurate at the same time.
1: Uh, I only got one other news item before we get to Austria. Yeah. If you want to dabble on it. Go ahead. Uh, Esteban Ocon.
0: Ah, yes. My so, man. Well,
1: do we, I don't know if we talked about this last week. Did we talk about this last week?
0: We we talked about his contract negotiations, I think, a couple weeks ago when this first came out.
1: Okay. Well, because I'm looking at the time frame. It might have been like either right before or right after our podcast came out. So he signed his deal. and Oh, that's right. Because we talked about... How George Russell is trending on Twitter because of it. Sorry, my memory sucks. But anyways, I guess what we could segue to from that is that it seems like Total Wolf is in no hurry to make a decision about the second driver in Mercedes, which sucks for everybody, but mostly George Russell, uh, because I'm not sure there's a single human out there who doesn't want Russell to get that seat. So
0: yeah, if if you don't want George Russell to get that seat, please let us know. I am genuinely curious as to why you wouldn't want George Russell to get that seat.
1: He's just one of those rich kids or something.
0: I'm sure William Story is probably like, well, he doesn't drink rich energy, so he can't have that seat.
1: That's also how
0: William Story talks, probably.
1: Can we talk about William Story's uh, dance moves?
0: Oh, please don't. Please don't. (laughs) That was terrifying. I don't even think I retweeted that one to make fun of him because I was like, I don't want... I don't want notifications that people liked my 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 tweet and have to relive that horrific dancing scene. He might actually dance worse than me. And I'm pretty that bad is, at dancing.
1: That is impossible.
0: You've never seen it, so you can't confirm or deny that. I don't think I didn't know
1: you sucked at golfing until I listened to the McLaughlin podcast. And <laughs> I kinda of in my head. I'm like, Yeah, that probably makes sense.
0: You know, I'm so bad at golf and I don't I don't know if I think I said this when him and I were talking sports before the show that everybody, most people know what Top Golf is that are listening to this. It's very fun. I was at a bachelor party and there was nine of us. So it was five on one tee, four on the other tee. I was in the group of five. I was asked to stop playing to make it four on four. That's how bad I am.
1: You can literally like hit a target from like 40 yards away.
0: Yeah, I was always hitting the wrong target. Consistently. Oh. oh. And okay. it's something I... It's a sport I would like to get better at. Like, I'd like to go to the driving range and, like, actually learn. But it's really hard to find time to do that.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Golf seems like it years be your thing since you're such an elitist. Damn. <laughs> you're old. Oh, damn. You're an old elitist. I feel like they invented the game for you. Oh,
0: Christ. Well... <laughs> I only have one other thing to say before we talk about Austria as my soul has left my body in <laughs> sadness right now. But I, what I found very interesting about Esteban Ocon's three-year contract extension with Alpine is Mercedes cannot poach him away from Alpine at any point in those next three years. So good for Ocon to get, or good for Alpine to get some, some driver security, but I would see that Remember which article it was in, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty oh, did cool. You,
1: did you see? I don't know who the head of something at Alpine said that they have too many junior drivers.
0: Yes, yes,
1: <laughs> I forgot that. Hang on, let me. I want to try to find that. Okay, uh, well, um, while you're trying
0: to find the actual article,
1: yeah, do like the times and everything for the race because uh, you know we always suck at that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And remember, these times are going to be in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh-huh. This weekend is—is is this weekend the Styrian Grand Prix like last year? Which which one do we have here? No, we have the Formula One. B, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. It's it's a bunch of words. That okay? Does so we have our negative? I'm no, sorry, that's hungry. Yeah, not that one. Practice one 5:30 a.m. Friday. Qualifying 9 a.m. Saturday morning. Sunday race, 9 a.m. Sunday morning. So yeah, there's no F two or F three this weekend. I think it is the the Porsche Super Cup Euro. That is the support for for Formula One this weekend. Sorry, I forgot what we what sport we were talking about. Did you find the article?
1: I'm still trying. Um I see people
0: Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll continue on here while you're looking for the article. The,
1: There's the, a lot of memes right now, but I can't yeah. find an actual article quite yet.
0: Their current uh, driver academy is called the Alpine Academy, formerly known as the RF1 driver program, formerly known as the Renault driver development program, formerly known as the Renault Sport Academy, originally formed with the Lotus F1 team in 2012, just for a little history lesson there. The current drivers are Christian Lungard, who is in F2. How do you pronounce this guy's name? Oh boy. I'm going to butcher is this, this. Guan Yu No, not Guan Yu Oscar Piastri? Not Oscar Piastri. It's, oh, well they, I found the
1: article that makes you feel better. That's why I knew that. Okay.
0: Victor Martins, who's in F3. And then this guy's name. I'm so this This kid, I'm going to butcher it. Cow Colette, C A I O, Colette. I don't know. He's Brazilian. He's an F3. That's all I got for you.
1: How good would you be at a spelling bee?
0: Not very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I talk. I don't write or spell or anything like that. My my life is just about talking.
1: So, yeah. So, this is um, Laurent Rossi, who is head whittler at Alpine, <laughs> uh, CEO, apparently says, quote, we have too many of them knocking at the door like Christ- Christian Lungard and Guan Yu Zhou. They are only one or two FP1 sessions away from having their super license. Piastri already has his super license. Honestly, we have too many of them, really. At the moment, we're looking at options for all of them. Whether they continue a bit, whether they go to another team, or whether they become part of our team as a reserve driver is in the medium term. I don't Medium term? I've never heard of that.
0: Yeah, usually. So basically,
1: saying we have a lot of options. We just need, we're fortunate to have these options. We just don't know what to do with them. So, yeah, it's like the most predictable problem in the world when you need to do two outside hires for your F1 team. Like, where, I mean, I don't know why you would wonder where your junior drivers would go when you always, you know, hire from the outside. That's crazy to me.
0: Yeah, it's such a strange. I think the, and maybe we can touch on this during the summer break, the F1 Junior Academy is, I don't want to say broken, but. Doesn't really make any logical sense, and I know I've talked I talked last year to Craig Woolard about this, who runs Formula Scout that cover all of the junior series over in Europe. But it really just it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. I'm pulling up Ferrari's junior team now because I think they have a bunch of guys too. Yeah, they have even more than than Alpine. They have Marcus Armstrong, Ilot, Robert Schwartzman technically mixture markers on here. So obviously he's graduated Arthur Leclerc, Dino Beganovic, James Wharton and Maya Woog. So I feel
1: like you're just saying names now to just stump yourself.
0: <laughs> There's always one name on this list that's just like screw you Mike. So
1: <laughs> name every F1 driver from Finland.
0: Botas and Raikkonen And hacking in, and yeah, it's about as far as I'm gonna go. And others, anyway. Anyways, Austria, yay! With the
1: um, the unpronounceable Grand Prix name for this yes race, I didn't even see it. Oh well, racing references steering Grand Prix this week and my world Austrian Grand Prix next week. Are you just bad at pronouncing things?
0: No, if you if. So I'm on the F1 TV app. It has Formula 1 BWT Grosser Price Der Steyr 2021. <laughs> you <laughs> <But> nailed it. <laughs> right below it, it says Steering Grand Prix. Like, can you just pick one?
1: <laughs> can you say that again?
0: No, but you can gladly clip this audio and use it wherever you oh would
1: like. Oh, my God. That is phenomenal. <laughs> Formula 1 BWT Grosser Price Der Steyr yeah, okay. I, I at this point, I'm girl. pretty
0: much a natural-born Austrian.
1: I was trying to say a little Irish accent there. It <laughs> didn't really work. Um, okay, well, so do you have any... I, don't, I didn't really see anything that came across to me today that was worth previewing. Nope. No, like, major FP1 driver subs, or this team is bringing an upgrade, or anything like that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think the thing to watch this weekend will be... The which rear wings that uh, Ferrari cares about Ferrari that Mercedes and Red Bull go with. That's been kind of the hot debate as they figure out what the best path to the championship is. I think flexi wings has kind of died down now. And Red Bull went with a lower downforce setup on the rear at France. Mercedes went with the higher downforce setup. So. Clearly, they're trying to figure something out to get the most out of the car. And I would guess Red Bull probably will stick with a low to mid downforce setup for Austria because there's not really a need for anything high downforce. It's kind of a, I don't want to say a simple track, but it's, it's not a very technical track.
1: Yeah, Cody Bray in our league says it's the easiest track by far on the schedule, especially, well, especially for our league, but I think it kind of translates to real racing too. So yeah. Anyways, who's going to do good this weekend?
0: Do Well, this weekend, let's go with who's somebody I like haven't picked this year. You know what? Since we talked about that, he's had a rough couple of races. Let's go with Yuki Tsunoda.
1: Okay. Well, you pick him all the time and I never do. So I'll take Gasly as teammate and we'll see who comes out as a hero. Who's going to do bad?
0: Man, I feel like calling Botas bad at this point is just like nearly low-hanging fruit, but
1: No, it's not.
0: I'm not going to pick him. I don't I don't really I don't really want to pick him. I'm going to say that Fred is going to have a bad weekend. One of these times I'm going to be right about this.
1: to say. I'm picking Signs. I think Ferrari unfortunately is on the down, especially now that they're done with the car. Yeah. Who is your dark horse top 10?
0: Let's go with Sebastian Vettel. I think he can squeak out a top ten at a track like this.
1: And I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say George Russell. I think it's this. I think it's the weekend, All right. for him to do it finally. And then who gets ousted in Q one with everybody else?
0: I think somebody's gonna crash. So let's say that. Who'd you pick? Which Ferrari guy did you pick to do bad? Signs. All right, I'm going to say Leclerc is is going to plummet down and and spin out qualifying in the gravel somewhere.
1: And I'm going to say Vettel. (laughs) Just to spite you. That's fair. Anything else?
0: No. Guys, again, 9 a.m. Sunday morning is the race. If you listen to this episode and you appreciate my Austrian accent and attempt to pronounce the full name and race name, or you don't appreciate it? Please don't hate me. I was just trying my hardest to culture myself a little bit. Everybody, but we
1: wouldn't we wouldn't hate you if you hated Mike, is what I'll say. I it think, is okay to hate Mike.
0: I think I disagree, but I think that's a. I think that's you know what. I hope everybody has a lovely weekend of racing.